guys, last week we were starting James, which was I was so excited to get into. I'm still excited to get into. Um, very controversial book in early church history that, that did, like early church fathers questioned, should this be in the canon of scripture? And they debated it. They, they spent a lot of time in prayer over it, seeking God over it. And obviously... Uh, made the decision, yes, this is, in, this is to be included in the scriptures. And when we were diving into this last week, we were discovering that God's people everywhere face trials. God's people everywhere, and we made the point, it's not just you. It's not just you who deals with temptation. It's not just you who deals with challenges. It's not just you who deals with depression or discouragement. It is not just you. It's God's people everywhere that face challenges. And God's people everywhere need wisdom to handle those challenges well. And as we come into James five or James 1 verse 5, we're going to start discovering a little bit about the wisdom of of God. I'm just going to read this and then we're going to get into it. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, that would be, that would be Paul, right? I see other nods happening around the room. If any of you, it's just Paul, we're all nodding in agreement that it's Paul. (laughs) If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously. And ungrudgingly, I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible, ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting. For the doubter is like the surging sea driven and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, being double-minded and unstable in all his ways. And right here we see the very first challenge that we have in the book of James. Why early church fathers questioned, should this be in here? Where's the gospel? We see these challenges almost like Old Testament-like to, you know, if you're, if you're doubting, you can expect to receive nothing. And what? If we don't, if we don't hear this with ears of wisdom... This can lead us down a path of further discouragement. Oh, I have doubt. Therefore, I can expect to receive nothing. Great. That is not where God's intending our hearts to go with this. That's not where he's intending to leave us. So what do we do with this? We don't skip it. We don't erase it. We don't rip the page out and go, forget that. What do we do with this? We need to understand the beginning first. If any of you, and we could even just say, since all of you <laughs> lack wisdom at times. If it's you, if it's, if, it's this, if it's you this time and you lack wisdom, what do you do? We ask God with, with an understanding. God gives it generously and ungr- ungrudgingly. I think the NIV says, without finding fault. God understands, you guys. He understands that we often don't know what to do. And we're trying to make good decisions. We want to make good decisions. 
I mean, people who don't follow Jesus at all would want to make good decisions. And then as we start submitting our lives to him, God, we want to honor you with our decisions, but what do I do? We ask. We ask. And what is this wisdom we're talking about? Wisdom is the ability to distinguish good from evil, truth from falsehood, the important from the useless, and timely decisions that conform to what is right. It's this that we're talking about. If I don't know what to do, I want to make a decision. I'm being challenged. I'm facing trials. I'm facing temptations. I'm facing struggles. What do I do? God, what's the way forward? God says, when you ask him in the situation like this, he is a God who gives generously. And he's a God who's going to, he's not going to be like, you, again? Like, again? That would be him giving wisdom grudgingly or all these different definitions. Upbraiding is one of them. I I had to look up the, the meaning of upbraiding. Upbraiding. It's like when a military officer just like reads you the riot act. Just God does not do that. God gives his wisdom generously, openly, sincerely. The Passion Translation says, with an open hand. It's open-handed wisdom. When you come to God asking for wisdom, you're coming to a God who's already predisposed to give it to you. He wants you to understand the way forward. He wants you to understand his will. And he's giving it, we already said, ungrudgingly, without finding fault, without reproach, it says in the ESV. He's not abusive toward you, like verbally abusive because you're asking again. God is not stingy. He's not stingy with his wisdom. I mean, he's not stingy at all. He doesn't want us to hesitate to come to him when we need help. What we tend to do is run everywhere else. I'm going to try and fix it myself. I'm going to, and when when I've tried all my options, then I finally am like, okay, I'm tapped out. Now I'm going to come to God. No, God's a generous giver of wisdom. And he wants us as his sons and daughters to come to him and receive. Proverbs 23, 6 through 8 says this. Don't eat a stingy person's bread. And don't desire his choice food. For it's like someone calculating inwardly. Eat and drink, he says to you. But his heart is not with you. It's like giving you blessings with a side motive. I'm going to get you indebted to me. And what seems like generosity is really me entrapping you. God is not like that. God is not like that. He is open-handed in his wisdom. He's open-handed in, in, in the... Like there's a, there's a generosity in his wisdom that it means he is so wanting you 
to know the way forward, to know how to honor him in your decisions. That it's like, it's like he's just throwing his heart wide open to you so that you will know the way forward. And he wants you to ask. He wants all of us to ask. I can preach it at myself. God wants me to ask him for wisdom with confidence. Ask and it will be given to him. He says, James says here in verse five. And this, this is just like in, in uh, I think it's in Matthew with ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to you. And it's this, the, the tense in Greek, it's, it's, a, it's a present tense that's like this. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. And right here in James is exactly the same. Ask God for wisdom. And it's not like you throw up a prayer in the morning. Oh God, give me wisdom. And then you move on and you make all your own decisions and you do what you really wanted to do anyway. Or I didn't hear anything from God, so I'm going. It's ask God who gives generously. You can expect to receive from God and keep on asking. Stay in relationship with God. You have difficult decisions to make, challenging decisions to make. Where, like, I had a conversation this week where it's like, no matter what decision I make, I know there's going to be people not happy with me. I can make the most godly, correct decision, and I know there's going to be people who are disappointed. And I can make, the, you know, which, which way do I go? Ask God and keep on asking. Stay in this place of relational prayer with him, and you can expect to hear. Ask in faith without doubting. And this is where it gets troubling, doesn't it? Oh, shoot. Ask in faith without doubting. But I'm not sure. I think maybe I'm hearing from the Lord, but I'm not sure. You know? Well, is that doubting? Some would say, if, even if you keep on asking, it's because you don't have enough faith. Oh, you don't have enough faith yet. You don't have enough faith yet. You, you're, you're still asking. You're still praying the same prayers because you didn't have enough faith the first time. No. You keep on asking. Like Jesus told us to do that. Keep on asking. Keep staying in that place of relationship while we're in the pressure. We already read in the first four verses, when you face trials of all kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect. You know that when we ask God for something and we don't see the answer right away, we're actually building endurance. That's God being a really good father, teaching us how to trust him when we don't see the immediate. We don't see the breakthrough. Like I prayed for, I prayed for that person to be healed and they weren't healed. Well, what's God saying? Do we keep praying? It's good to come to him and say, God, how do you want me to pray? And keep asking that. How do you want me to pray? What, what do you want me to, to speak? How do you want me to pray your word over this person? It's relationship in the pressure. Relationship while we're waiting for breakthrough. Ask in faith without doubting. 
Keep asking because you have faith in the one you're asking. It's not, have I mustered up enough faith to where I can, I can pray with enough power that I can see the breakthrough. And then you're trying to like work up some kind of supernatural power in yourself. Get your faith in Jesus. You know, as we were singing, I still believe you're moving. I believe you're healing. God, I receive your vision. You know, you're working all things for good. And we just worship him. We're just singing true things. And as we focus on him, you can, I don't know about you, but I feel faith rise in my heart. And I don't have to muster it up. When the focus is on Jesus, faith starts to rise. When the focus is on me, when you have the focus on yourself, or and, you know, am I building up? Am I, can I work up enough faith? Well, good luck. That's frustrating. <laughs> Hebrews 11.6. Beginning of it says, without faith, it's impossible to believe God. Well, great. <laughs> it says, because if you come to him, you have to believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. This is, what, this is one of my favorite verses. What's God calling me to do? Believe in him and believe that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. And I can draw near to him with that. I might not know what the right answer is. What's the, do, do I choose door A? Do I choose door B? Do I take job A? Do I take job B? Do I, what do I do? Lord, what are you calling me to do? I can draw near to God knowing that as I seek him, he gives wisdom generously. And as I seek him, there's reward in that. Our trust isn't just in our faith or in our lack of doubt. Our trust is in him, in his power, and in his love. Guess where the devil really tries to get at us? You can't really trust God. You got to do it yourself. You can't really trust the power of God. He, he eh. Can he really save you? Eh. Can he really do it? That's what the devil will come at you and get you to question that. Does he really love me? Does God really love me? Well, his word declares over and over and over and over. And I could add a lot of overs because there's a lot of scriptures that say he loves you. So the devil comes right in there to say, no, he doesn't. And he'll say it even nicer, you know, does he really? Did God really say? We want to trust in God, in his power and in his love. And thirdly, God wants us to ask like, God, we need wisdom. We need to know what to do. I need to know the way forward. Ask him for wisdom wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. This whole ask without doubting. Do you remember the desperate father? We hear about him in Mark chapter 9. Uh, 9.24. That the disciples of Jesus had tried to cast a demon out of this boy. And the demon was, was pretty vile. And the boy would have seizures. He would foam at the mouth. Uh, the demon would try to cast him into the fire. 
uh, into the water. This, this demonic thing that's going on is trying to take this boy out. And the disciples, the best equipped in all the world, the guys who had spent the most time with Jesus, learning his ways, commissioned by Jesus to go out and heal the sick and and deliver people from demonic oppression. Like they were commissioned to do this, had spent time with Jesus, and they couldn't do it. And so Jesus comes down from this mountain where he'd been hanging out with with Peter and James and John. They'd been hanging out pretty miraculous time. He comes down the mountain and this father is asking Jesus for help. Your disciples couldn't do it. And Jesus says to him, we, we can do this if you believe. Anything's possible for those who believe. And the father cries out. He goes, I do believe. Help me in my unbelief. I do believe, but I'm struggling with doubt. I love how honest he is. I believe, help me in my unbelief. He set his heart on Jesus and he set his heart to believe Jesus. He came to Jesus asking for help to believe, not pretending he didn't have any doubt. He knows like, gosh, I feel like my faith is insufficient. I'm not sure I even got the faith that the other guys who tried to cast a demon out of my boy couldn't do. Uh, I don't know that I got their level of faith. Oh, God, help me. I do believe you, though. I believe in you. And you know what happens? Jesus heals him. The desperate father set his heart to believe in Jesus and to trust Jesus. Guys, set your heart to trust Jesus. To keep coming to Jesus, to keep asking Jesus for wisdom, and then doing like we did earlier as we're worshiping. Listen for what he says. So, sometimes I feel like I'll, I'll talk to people. They want me to pray for them or, hey, you've got this issue going on. I got this thing happening and can you pray for me? And I start to talk or I start to pray and they interrupt and they keep talking and keep asking things and keep going. And I'm like, hold on, let's come, let's come to, let's actually come to Jesus and pray. And it's like the actual listening and receiving from Jesus gets bypassed because they're so stressed out. You ever felt like that? I felt like that. I can say they, and I can just as easily say me and I. Like, I can ask things. I can even pray really great scriptures at Jesus. You know, like, you, you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do this. But then to actually just stop and listen to Jesus. I'm asking for wisdom. And I'm asking the God who generously gives wisdom and ungrudgingly, like, I don't have to convince him to give me wisdom. I'm asking now, I just need to listen. Listen and learn from Jesus. So what are we talking about when asking with doubt? We're talking about asking with divided loyalties. This very word doubt talks, it has to do with being divided. While also, it's like you're asking while you're stiff-arming. I'm asking for help while I'm also walking, like turning around and going the other way and putting distance between myself and Jesus. Like 
I want your help, but I'm kind of afraid of what you might actually say. I want your wisdom, but I'm not sure I like your methods. I kind of don't really want to forgive this person. I don't want to forgive this debt, etc. I don't want to commit to that. I want this relationship. I want to spend my money my way. And in all these ways, we're not really sure if we want to hear what God has to say. So we pray and we ask while we're not really listening. The notes on the ESV study Bible call this vacillating between trusting God and trusting the world or your own natural abilities. And God says when we do this, we are like the surging sea, driven and tossed by the wind. The Passion Translation calls this being up one minute and tossed down the next. That is so different from like the good winds of the Spirit that really lead us in God's paths. And God says when we're asking with this kind of divided loyalties mindset or heart set, we should not expect to receive anything, speaking of wisdom, from the Lord because we're asking in a double-minded way. And the Greek for this is dipsukos, which means two-spirited or in two minds, divided in interest. And James says we are unstable in all of our ways when we're asking like this. It makes us inconsistent, restless, disengaged, and even in our manner of thinking, feeling, and deciding. The theologian uh, Barclay, he calls this being a walking civil war in which trust and distrust of God wage a continual battle against each other. But Barclay goes on and he talks about uh, God being so generous in his wisdom. I mean, he quotes from the Greek poet Philemon, and this is not the Philemon of the Bible. This is the Greek poet Philemon, and he calls God the lover of gifts in the sense of loving to give them. God loves to give good gifts. He loves to pour out his wisdom. He's so generous with it. And so the question is, where do you need God's wisdom in your life? God, like we said earlier, is not stingy. God is not stingy. He desires to lavish his wisdom on us and is inviting us through James to come to him and ask for it. So the key to this is really learning who God really is, what he's truly like, and reminding ourselves of it regularly. This is the key. 